Hey, Tom. Hey, Jason. How's it going tonight, buddy? I'm tired. Right? Aren't we all? Isn't that the natural, like, adult human state in this day and age? I don't know. They're they're the young people. They they like to be up at night and you know sleep all day. That type of thing. I don't Slaughter know. wrote a song about that many know. years ago, which reveals my age. <laughs> I don't know why when you said that it made me think of Nick at Night. Remember staying up for Nick at Night, watching like I Love Lucy and stuff. I was gonna say back when Nick at Night was like the black and white episodes of shows, not like George Lopez. Yeah, <laughs> when it was uh, quality entertainment. Oh, whatever this is right now. Well, I think it's like Friends reruns and stuff right. like that. Oh, I like Friends. So, so Nick at Night is basically, if, if Nick at Night somehow acquired Office episodes, it would just be what people use Netflix for now. <laughs> Netflix at night. Hey, yeah. hey, you want a Nick at Night and chill? No, no, me either. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about this week. In the wrestling Do world, it? yeah. Uh, oh, money, okay. money in the Bank happened. There's a new championship. Uh, it's being defended right now. It is. Uh, double or nothing is this weekend. It is, and it costs money. Yeah. Uh, superstar, no, not Superstar Shake, shake Up. Uh, <laughs> Super Showdown is coming up in a, a little over a week. Uh, Blood Money 3. Blood Money 3, yep. There's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, and, and so much more. So I said we just start the show. What do you think? We should probably just roll into it. Yeah. All right. Ring that bell for me, then. We'll do. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 Network, bringing you all the best in wrestling from WWE, New Japan, and beyond. Now live from ringside, it's Mister Workrate and JC. Oh, buddy. It's the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. My name is JC, and here next to me at the commentary table to the stars is my good buddy, Mr. Workrate, Tom. Good to be here as always, JC. Never gets old saying that. No, it doesn't. No matter how long we do this. I'm impressed that I actually remember the line each week. <laughs> I I cannot, like, not think about it at all. And then as soon as the music hits, it's like fully in my head. And I'm like, okay, we got this. One of these days, I'm going to go complete chafe, Wiggum, and instead of like, you know, good to be here as always, it's going to be good to bake here as all. Actually, I don't even know how I'd mess that <laughs> up. But the... So in the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons, which is in my top five, top ten, probably top five episodes of uh, The Simpsons, uh, Sideshow Bob's being taken away. Mm-hmm. And Bart goes, take him away, boys. And Police Chief Wiggum gets all pissed off, and he's just like, "Hey, hey I'm I'm the chief here." He goes, "Take him away, toys." Hmm. And he goes, "What's that, Chief?" He goes, "Do what the kid says." <laughs> so that's what's going to happen to me. All right, I look forward to that moment. That may be a stroke, so <laughs> feel free to call nine one one and text my wife but yeah i'll do it live if you hear it happen uh there's probably no point because i'll still release the tape of it because i'm already dead speaking of already dead let's start with that (laughs) that's a transition i'm Uh, scared of where this transition's going well there's one of two ways and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh i'm saving the part i'm saving for you later uh, I uh, we should start off the show. Yeah, we, it's twenty years, Tom. We have to talk about it mm, at least for okay. thirty seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, former WWE diva Ashley Massaro passed away this past week. Um, very sad, very tragic. Uh, has left a daughter behind. I know there's a big fundraiser that a lot of the the current women and uh, her former coworkers have started to raise an education fund for her daughter, but sad man oh it never it's never not sad yeah and when someone takes their own life it's extremely tragic which is how it appears uh ashley's death is um and i mean i'm not going to go into detail about what i've heard or whatever but 
I don't know. The, the little bits of stories that have come out about her last 12 months or so have just, it seems like she's been pretty troubled and needed yeah. some help either, whether it be professional help or just assistance from friends and family and that type of thing. But it's just, it's, it, it's extremely tragic. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff that's come out too lately, that's, uh, you know, it's in an affidavit, but it's unverified. And, you know, Jerry McDivitt has refuted it um, about potentially a situation she had on a trip to, I believe it was Iraq, um, where she uh, may or may not have been assaulted by a member of the military uh, and reported it to WWE. And they said, no, don't, don't, don't talk about this at all because it could, you know, strain our relationship with them. Uh, is really tragic if true. But, I mean, again, this is one set of words against another right now, so it's not totally worth reporting or talking about right now. But right. it's definitely, you know, if something like that was to happen, that would, you know, definitely give someone uh, a varied mental state that that would last for quite a while. Right. So, uh, yeah, our, our best wishes to her and her family and friends and everything. Uh, it's, it, it never... It never gets easier, even if it's, you know, not a top star or someone that's that's right now. It's still someone that performed for us, so it sucks. Yeah. I'm not that knowledgeable of her ring work or anything like that. Uh, that was kind of the era where I was out of wrestling. You and me both. So. Yeah. I did see a lot of posts on Reddit where people were like, man, that really sucks, because I was a teenage boy when she was wrestling. <laughs> and I was like, that's awkward. Yeah, that's, that's, that's weird. That's... There's a time for that. Yeah. It's too late. Maybe not an hour after the news breaks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Money in the Bank was this past Sunday. Uh, a lot happened. <laughs> and suddenly... Profe- professional <laughs> wrestling matches happened for yeah. several hours. Yeah. Hey, it was... Uh, you know what? It wasn't WrestleMania. It was quick. <laughs> Everything feels quick in comparison to the eight-hour marathon of Mania. Well, uh, figure we had 12 matches... Yeah. And three of them were less than two minutes. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, most of this we're not going to dig into, but the Usos leave with this, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, even though they're a Raw Tag Team. Interesting to see where that plays out. But yay for wow, them. Oh, God. Um, I will say I was very glad that we're apparently maybe finally ditching the comedy between the Usos and the Revival and letting, yes. and letting them wrestle each other. Because yeah, that way, so, someone can finally carry the revival to a good match. Tom the, comments. The bit, the bit gets old. It really does. <laughs> hey, I tweeted my true feelings, dear girl. I was like, you know, that's really a match. So, uh, I mean, it was anybody yeah. who saw it, and it was all over Twitter that, you know, finally they let these guys actually wrestle, and look what happens. Exactly. So more more of that, please, because I I do enjoy watching all four of them. Uh, Bailey won the women's contract in what? People either loved this match or thought it was the sloppiest Money in the Bank match of all time. I I lean to the sloppiest Money in the Bank match of all time category. It's tough because I I don't know if it's a trust thing or just um the inability to do it or whatever, but there is seemingly a fear to put the women in the same spots that the men do for money for ladder matches. Right. So, and when you don't have a Charlotte flair in there, you don't have Becky Lynch in there. You don't have Sasha Banks in there. You don't have the risk takers and bump takers that you normally would. So, Mm -hmm you are restricted as to what you can pull off in an already restricted match. Yeah. And I can't remember who I had this conversation with during the match uh, on Twitter through our account at cheaters and VR pin. But uh, he, uh, the comment was made that, you know, basically they're going spot to spot to spot. There's no psychology or anything about the match. And so they're just thinking, what's the next thing I have to do? So there's no flow to the match either. It just feels like, boom, but like moment after moment. That isn't really but, leading to anything. But I mean, more so money in the bank 
matches are going to be like that. It's, it's one thing to have a traditional ladder match if you have one versus the other person, or even a three-way match where you can keep control of it or one aspect of the other. But when you're trying to, like, arrange... Again, you fall into that hole where you have eight people, so you have to go, okay, we, we, we do the... You know the the early spots, so it knocks most of the people out of the ring, and then we'll spotlight two people, yeah. and then a third person will get involved, and then we'll spotlight two people again. Exactly, and... eight's way too many. <laughs> These need to go to six. I was gonna say but, six is six is a good number, but but I will say con- I conversely to your point, I mean, yeah, those the ladder matches and matches like that have to be structured like like that for sure because you know. You know, when they're setting the match up in the back before they're they're thinking, all right, what cool thing can we do to top what we did last time? And they're trying to figure out how to work it in and the setup to get the ladders where they need to be and everything. But at least with the men's match this year, which to me, I'll go ahead and say it, I think is my favorite Money in the Bank match of all time. Uh, It felt super like that match felt smooth. Everything felt natural. Just in the women's match, it felt very deliberate. Like we're setting this up. Now we're doing this. Next, uh, rinse and repeat. Well, the men's match had seven people in it. And the moment there was an eighth person in the match, it completely <laughs> ruined it. Well, we'll get to that. I've had I've had varying thoughts about that through the week, so <clears throat> we'll get there. Uh, Rey Mysterio regained the United States Championship from Samoa Joe. Actually gained it for the first time. Yes. Yes. I should say regained. Uh Maybe Ray separated his shoulder. Apparently, he's in Alabama having it looked at. They're addressing the future of the United States title on Raw Monday night. Uh, Joe Joe got some color, which Joe with color is the scariest scene, I think, in WWE. Yeah. Uh, well, what was it? Was it the Nakamura match that kept getting stopped because Joe busted his nose? No, it was uh, it was Joe and Balor. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was... And Joe just kept getting more and more pissed yeah. off. Yeah, because that was in NXT. Yeah. And he just kept... Yeah, I remember that. I was so mad. That was because... the first time I think we really saw them buckle down on the blood and get so serious about the blood to actually yeah. like literally stop the match and go, no, no, let's make sure you're well, he okay. Was, he was gushing that time. Here it was, I, I think it looked like he probably broke his nose. <laughs> Yeah. And so there wasn't a lot, but during during that match against Finn, he was gushing. So, so we'll see we'll see what happens there. Uh, Joe is still on the warpath about Dominic. So, who knows? <laughs> Dominic on a pole coming soon. Please make it happen. Uh, Gotta get his way through college somehow, right? Shane beat the Miz because he slipped out of his shirt as he was climbing over the cage. This was a match. I had and such high, I had such high hopes for it too. Because I'm sitting back thinking to myself, you know what, Shane McMahon needs more wins, right? And then we're moving on. Like he got two in a row. He won at Mania, and then he wins here. The Miz, the Miz has never really gotten his his blow off as the babyface. He, he's he's been geeked out. It's... It annoys me so much, especially because he's been so good lately. And I realize Shane's McMahon, and that's the issue here, right? But, uh. We need to make sure a 49-year-old guy is on top. Yes. But what is interesting is his, his, his current feud, his new feud, is against Roman. So who do you put over there? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the irresistible force and the immovable object. <laughs> Right. Uh, Tony Nice defended the cruiserweight championship on the main card. Like smack dab in the middle of it too, yeah. not like opener or anything yeah. like that. Against Arya Davari retained it. Uh in a match that started with zero heat whatsoever in the building. Uh but as always, the cruiserweights are good and they did a lot of work and then the crowd cheered. The fact that Davari drove to ringside. <laughs> Yes, went full ADR in his, uh, I think it was a Mercedes, maybe it was a BMW, I can't remember. It was a German vehicle. Yes, uh, it was cool, good match, nothing special, yeah. it was good, just solid wrestling. Still like Tony Nese, we'll always like Tony Nese. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, Becky Lynch then had her first match of the night, defeating Lacey Evans by uh, Disarmor, retaining the Raw Women's Championship. I think Can we, we talk about Lacey's entrance? Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't. You and I, you and I decide the content for the show. Do you have to ask? (laughs) Well, I have no desire to talk about the actual match, but yeah, me either. So Lacey comes out, and and the whole Lacey gimmick is still. I'm still processing it. Okay, fair. But then she kind of comes down to ringside and goes, "Junior Rainmaker," (laughs) like rips off her pants. To reveal like the garters that are holding the guns that shoot out money. She was budget Okada. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even equate the, the pants ripping off like Okada. I did that part never clicked in my brain until you just said it. But that was the first thing I thought with the money with with her face on it. I was like, oh. I wanted the camera to like zoom out. Yeah. <laughs> would it Maybe be great? The, would it be that'll great? happen in a match sometime? Please. She just goes. To, she just goes to the center ring and spreads her arms out. Just, yeah. The camera zooms out. They just do it once and never mention it again. Just, like just, at this point, screw it. Just you know, start doing the the rainmaker finisher and <laughs> Michael Cole just screaming vintage rainmaker. <laughs> oh man, uh, match was fine. Lacey looked good. Lacey's coming along. Look, hey, yeah. they, they let her wrestle, and she did fine. That's all we've asked for. That <laughs> was the outcome that was expected and the best possible outcome for it. I mean, Lacey didn't look embarrassed or anything like that. So No, she held her own. She looked like she should have been in that ring in that moment. So I'm so, good with it. Yeah, it'll move it along, and she'll be part of the picture. I mean, I, I still don't know how they're going to necessarily book the Raw Women's Division, but She's yeah. there now. Right. Um, then uh, uh, match ends. Becky's leaving to her theme music. Charlotte's music hits. And we're immediately on to Becky's second match. The happiest I've ever seen Charlotte Flair. Oh, I'm happy whenever I see her. Yeah, I understand. I heard the comic noise from my house. <laughs> um, I was more happy when Charlotte defeated... SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch in the center of the ring and won the SmackDown Women's Championship, becoming the nine-time Women's Champion. And then what happened? Oh, I thought you were going to comment on how she won that belt. Through, no, I, <laughs> through the I, interference I of, you, of Lacey I Evans. assumed you were just going to blow that off. I so. was. That didn't happen. Yeah. Like a true heel that you are. Right. Yeah. I'm the heel on this show. I don't know if you, you realize that. You didn't see it. No. I'm uh, beloved by many. You are the heel. If the ref, if the ref does, if Lacey Evans hits Becky Lynch in the face in the woods and a ref doesn't see it, did it ever happen? Let's no. not get philosophical here. <laughs> the existential edition of Cheaters Never Pin. Um, we already have a name for this show. Yeah, we we determined that. <laughs> you determined that Monday I just night. Said, I yeah, text you. Good. I didn't. Well, you didn't even say yes. I just didn't get a text back, and I was like, "All right, I guess that works." <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Lacey and Charlotte then go to beat down Becky. Becky takes out, uh, Lacey, beats up on Charlotte for a while. Charlotte gets laid out. Bailey's music hits. Bailey cashes in to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Cool. Finally, do something with Bailey. I'm happy for Bailey. Why does Bailey's music hit, though? Because she, so... When you when you walk in, it's I don't so know. Like if, at, I don't know if you. Gor- no, I'm I'm still trying to figure this out. At Gorilla, is there like one of those like card scanning things where <laughs> if you want to go through the curtain, you have to scan your card and then your music will play as the doors open. So I had this uh, WWE toy as a child. I, so I had the ring and the action figures and um, a Titantron. And the way the Titan Tron worked is on the bottom of uh, certain action figures' feet, there were two little metal leads that you put them down on there, and you put them down there, and it'd play their music, right? If it was one of, like, the six or seven that were pre-programmed in there, otherwise it just played the raw theme. 
I, that's how I imagine it works. Is in the bottom of all their boots, there's two little metal leads, and as they walk through Gorilla, they hit the pad on the floor that says it. It triggers their music and lights. Damn it! Walk on the foot pad. <laughs> that's why everyone only surprises people coming through the audience. Right, right. That makes sense. Makes sense. Who knew that was a true to life toy? <laughs> all the secrets being revealed here on. WWE secrets revealed. That'd be yeah. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns defeated Elias in 10 seconds after Elias attacked him backstage. Roman came up, uh, beat the crap out of him. But Elias did have, Elias made a full face turn in my eyes Sunday night. The entire city of Raleigh stood up and <laughs> applauded. <laughs> so he went to North Carolina and it was a great place. And that's obviously why the Whalers left. <laughs> I got a I got a big pop from the the, the three twenty eight contingent, and the fourteen fans of the Whalers that still exist booed. It, no, it got solid boos in that building. Oh yeah, I was like, ooh, uh, not like in Montreal when he craps on them, but they stopped the show for five minutes. <laughs> um, so Roman won. That was cool. Uh, it was short, and that's all it needed I, to be. I, I like that for Roman right now. I don't need an 18-minute match from Roman. And they gave him a rematch on Tuesday. So maybe it was, well, we know we're going to book that on Tuesday, so let's just wrap this right. up here because we know we're going to have a match where there's Shane involved on Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. Very important to get Shane involved. Of course. We need more Shane. You know, we haven't seen him forever, Stephanie. Oh, you've just ruined it all, haven't you? I mean, I, I I like Steph as a character on TV. So, I don't know. Doesn't bother me. Uh, Seth retains the Universal Championship against AJ Styles in the match of the night. Unsurprisingly, was this was a match. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was really good. It was exactly what you would expect from these two guys. Right. It, it was. I mean, we were talking about it last week going, well, you know, it depends and it can be a great match, but it's also possible that, you know, they may hold back a little bit. Yeah. But no, this is the match that you wanted from the two of them. Mm-hmm. Still keeping it, you know, under 20 minutes. Like, right. I'm sure they could pull off a 45 minute match oh. if they really needed to, but. Could you this rem- isn't New Japan, folks. Could you imagine a 60-minute Iron Man match between these two? Oh, that'd be so good. And we can get we can get back there. AJ is apparently moving on to Baron Corbin now. So I don't know who AJ pissed off in the back. Baron Corbin is a main eventer. Yeah, every yeah. week on Raw. And I just... he, sh- <laughs> he shuts down Raw. But he doesn't have. A, here's my thing with Baron Corbin. He doesn't have a, like a path or any story or anything. He's just like, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> that's how his music. That's how his music should start. His music should start with you know everybody got the like a sound effect added to the start of their music now. So it should be Baron Corbin going. <laughs> and then the roar like word can appear as giant word 3d word art as he comes down to the Oh uh, yeah yeah it's some ar word art be great uh kofi kingston defeated big o to retain the wwe championship another good match yeah no not spectacular not terrible good it was fine it's good it's, it's what it needed to be yeah 14 minutes just all you need from those two. And then, of course, the main event of the evening. Ali, Andrade, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and Ricochet faced off in a Money in the Bank ladder match, from which Sami Zayn was taken out of contention earlier in the night when he was hung upside down backstage by somebody who we thought would be Baron Corbin, uh, but is absolutely not, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Braun Strowman. Uh, and then there's no payoff to him being tied upside down anywhere. Don't even discuss it Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> because the Saudi prince told them not to. Oh, yeah. Uh, he actually told them to hang Sami Zayn, and they interpreted it wrong. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, 
these seven guys go out there and murder each other. Rip Finn Balor's spine. How is Finn Balor still alive? I don't know. He took there, he took three... there was like a super cut of all the bumps that he took. Yeah, there were three amazing shots to the spine with a ladder. <laughs> From every there was the one. Uh, it was it was like a sit out power bomb. Andrade hit off of him off the top of a ladder onto another one, which he then bounced off of and impacted again. Uh, I was gonna say that that was like the sunset flip type. Yeah, Drew. I was it Drew or Baron Corbin hit him with an insiguri onto the side of a ladder directly onto his spine. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another one. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that, the, that the, sunset flip power bomb that like pretty much launched him into like orbit. That that got me. There was a, yeah. There was a comment by uh, Matt Hardy online when he saw that something about the chair of wheels calls for yeah. someone else. <laughs> I thought the, uh, of course, the, the spot of the night was Drew tossing Ricochet to the outside to a ladder that's bridged between the commentary table and the apron. And of course, Ricochet hits it back first uh, and splits it in half. Um, there was also the Andrade Ali Spanish fly off a ladder, which it was yeah. just in, yeah, it's exact, it's insanity. Um, so these it's seven tough for me. Oh, I was going to say it's tough for me because I hate the Spanish fly as a move. Yeah, because it's like, hey, we're both going to flip in the air, and you're going to be really hurt by it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not. not. Yeah, right. But it looks cool as shit. It always does. <laughs> well, it's like the difference between a rock bottom and a DDT. And, and dirty or and de- and uh, dirty deeds like, or no, it's sorry, it's uh, rock bottom or end of days. That's where I was going with it. It's the same move, just in opposite yeah. directions. <laughs> like okay, uh, so these seven guys go out there and murder themselves. Only for Brock Lesnar's music to hit, he comes out, starts literally throwing ladders, injures a camera guy, injures Ali, and then climbs the ladder and wins. Ali had his hands. On the briefcase. <laughs> and in true ladder match fashion. <laughs> right? Just stood there. Just stood there. Like well, the only, somebody had tweeted this too, the only smart person ever in a Money in the Bank match has been Seth Rollins. Yeah. When he jumped off like somebody else was going slow i forgot who it was who was going slowly up the ladder and seth just jumps off the off the ropes onto the ladder and just runs up the ladder and grabs the briefcase right um uh, rumor has it that apparently drew was supposed to win the match beginning of the week they changed it on saturday to ali and told everybody ali's winning it and then they on saturday told everyone ali's not winning it and only told Ali what was going to happen with Brock coming out right before he went out for the match. And no one knew Brock was coming out other than Ali. And supposedly we, we look at reaction shots and there there's one supposedly that is of uh, Randy Orton where he has this look on his face. And there's a whole Reddit argument whether Randy Orton's like rolling his <laughs> eyes going, God, or if. The other half is like, no, it's because he's exhausted and he's just tired. Like old Randy Two Bumps, as he called himself on Twitter. <laughs> My favorite Randy moment of the match, which God bless Randy Orton to do as little as he does and just be there all the time. I love him because he does not care. Um, after Ricochet lands on the ladder, Randy's sitting on the ground behind him. Usually Ricochet land on that ladder that breaks you just see randy kind of like raise his eyebrows behind it like huh (laughs) (laughs) find a gif of that moment and look specifically for randy in the background and it is hilarious randy orton is now facial expressions oh i love him i will never not mark out for randy orton so that was money in the bank uh brock and brock and paul Heyman are supposedly going to announce their plans for the briefcase on monday on raw so we'll see what happens so tweet uh regarding the final 
match of Money in the Bank. Uh, from former WWE competitor and current AEW competitor Chris Jericho. Awesome to see Brock Lesnar win the Money in the Bank match, even though he wasn't officially entered. Brock is the future of the biz, and this perfect example of genius booking shows why WWE will remain on top forever. Hashtag go Brock go. <laughs> it's Jericho stirring the pot. Yeah. And people, people got all worked up about it. I'm like, all right, folks. Like, who he He's he, brother. He 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 show you know. This goes to an entire discussion we're gonna have when we talk about double or nothing. But he's he's working the marks, brother. That's all he's doing. I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, so that was Money in the Bank. It was a show. It was good. Yeah. It was fine. I think anything yeah. was better than the last two weeks of television prior to it. Yeah, television's been bad. Yeah, so. Uh, aren't, aren't you glad you spent all that money on that, Fox? <laughs> right. So, speaking of uh, the networks, supposedly, this was in the Wrestling Observer trash letter this week, uh, USA Network has obviously noticed the declining ratings in the third hour of Raw and has been providing uh, ideas to Vince on how to fix it. Notes. Yes. In, in, in the industry, they're called notes. notes. Right. Um, according to Meltzer... Vince realized he needed to do at least one of them. <laughs> Come on. And so the one he accepted was the 24-7 title. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay so, with it. So, it's the ugliest belt ever. Okay, yeah. First, let's talk about that. The, the Art Deco style belt. Which Waffle House was like, who stole... <laughs> made some tweet about, like, who stole a clock out of our office. It was like, damn, Waffle House. So and then Wendy's, is... Wendy's tweeting that they were going to become the first fast food tour, the first restaurant champion. Like, what is happening? But anyway. Is it instead of rocking around the clock, it's wrestle around <laughs> the clock. So yeah. they decided to go 50s theme. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, it's, the belt is ugly as sin. When when Foley pulled it out of the bag after maybe the worst McFoley promo in the history of McFoley promos, which he admitted to. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was not happy because it was not the hardcore title. But, uh, yeah. 24-7 title, which was then uh, started in the XFL scramble. <laughs> <laughs> uh Foley lays the belt in the ring, and every mid-carter runs from the back to... And whoever grabs the title first is the first champion. And no so, one blew out a knee, so it's <laughs> better than the scramble that way. That's true. Uh, so the first 24-7 champion was leader of Titus Worldwide, Ura Ura Ura, Titus O'Neil. So that was fun. For thirty did not trip going down the ring. No, we did, they didn't even fake it. I was proud of them. I'm proud we've moved past that joke. Uh, he makes it up the ramp with the belt as everyone's to only be uh, blasted from behind by Robert Roode which I still have to think like act actively think to call him Robert Roode and not Bobby Roode uh, Robert Roode becomes the next champion <laughs> the chase ensues backstage eventually uh, in the final segment of Raw Monday Night with the 24-7 championship uh, he enlists the help of R-Truth to hide them in a the trunk of a car. R-Truth tells him, tells everybody that's running towards him, hey, went another direction. R-Truth gets him out of the trunk, goes to put him in the passenger seat. Conveniently, there's a ref in the passenger seat. Truth rolls him up, <laughs> gets, the, gets the championship, gets in his car, and leaves. This belt, and by the way, designed for R-Truth. And it did not occur to me until he won it. Most importantly... Then proceeds to go on Twitter and say, <laughs> I'm bringing the European Championship to SmackDown. Yes. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, the European Championship. <laughs> uh, and then he uh, dressed in drag Monday night or Tuesday night to disguise himself. Which uh, did not work. But he's still the champion. 
This is this is going to be fun. It's been fun on Twitter with especially Drake Maverick leading the charge online of making wanted posters. <laughs> it's been very good. Steve, Steve Carino was talking him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's now just a you know road agent and backstage guy and trainer, but you know former ECW World Heavyweight Champion as well. So there was also a video that Kathy Kelly released, and she was like, "I couldn't find our truth for an interview," and it's just her looking at different doors, but she's got a ref with her, and she's just walking around <laughs> backstage looking around. It's like this is fun. This is a really good idea. This way, this can be your comedy segment. Keep it to that. You can get it out of everything else. Not that everything else doesn't need a little comedy every now and then, because it does. But this can be your truly like comedic, entertaining piece of every show. And you don't have to worry about trying to fit it in elsewhere. Now, I've seen people complain about, oh, God, another belt. Do we really need another belt? There's like 11 belts or something. Okay, I'm the one that has no problem with, I'll, I'll call it a low card championship. Right. Um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like how there was the, uh, Crockett always had the world television championship. Yeah, that's what That said. got defended. 10 minute time limit. Every like... 605 Superstation card. It was always against like Rocky King or something like that, but you still hadn't title defense because generally you didn't defend the world title. You didn't defend the U.S. title. And so, yeah, save those things for pay-per-views, build up to those matches, but people still like the possibility of a title change or something like that. That's what this 24-7 title will do. Mm-hmm. So, And it's just dumb fun. It's not a serious title. Like, whoever's holding it i'm sure they're you know i got a championship in wwe that's cool you know but you know it's it's fodder for comedy and and it's being treated that way which is the good part i love that somebody's gonna have to track this again just like how with the hardcore title people are like 11 time champions and yeah i'm getting very excited to for the possibility of getting a notification uh, that they're live on Periscope or Facebook or the network that like there's a title change. <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it could brighten up a Thursday afternoon at some point. It really is made for social media. Yeah. Yep. Like it would have been idea. I'm you didn't necessarily have this in the attitude era where, I mean, you had the internet, but you didn't necessarily have the, easy accessibility that people have now with phones and Twitter and Mm -hmm. Facebook and things like that, where you can turn around and send a push message and go, you know, live, here's something that you may want to take a look at. Uh, So-and-so is chasing after the title or. Mm -hmm. And even if, you know what, it's, it's cheap. It's free, basically free to do. And you could even have the, the talent themselves just do it right. And go live. So it gives everyone an incentive to follow all, all the talent that would be involved with it, therefore also boosting their social media numbers. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it works. Works really, really well. So I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. It'll be fun. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, except the fact that it's ugly. Who, yeah. Who do you think is the first person that wins this title that's not an active roster member? Um, because that will happen at some point, but let's see. Um, who's the I don't remember his name, but who's like the SmackDown ring announcer? Uh, oh, I I could I can picture I could have told you before you asked me, of course. Uh, oh, people people are screaming into into their podcast at home now. Uh, I yeah, let me look it up because I'm gonna I I can't. Greg Greg uh, Greg Hamilton. There we go. Okay. Whew. Could be him. Could be. We could have another referee. I I mean, Cole made Corey Graves said he wanted it. Basically, that would be like, fun. As a but as a referee, can you count your own pin? No, I think it's got to be a different referee. Yeah. Um. I can't wait for the women to pass it around too. At some point, that will that is yeah. absolutely going to happen. 
Uh, but then you have to have a man pin a woman at some point to get it back, right? So, interesting. That's my only thing with, like, I don't think they, the women ever get it. But we'll see. Well, you, you'll you do the Gerald Briscoe, somebody's Asleep. taking a nap in the back room. and <laughs> What if Gerald Briscoe wanted again exactly like that? <laughs> That'd be a fun callback. And then, then loses to Pat Patterson. Oh, yes. Please. Yeah, yeah. Both of them deserve a run with it for one night. Just do that. Just as a fun moment. Just have them back in, like, backstage, and, you know, they're just kind of looking around like, hey, guys, what are you doing here? Yeah. Oh, nothing. We're just, uh, you know where that R-Truth is? <laughs> I'd love to see R-Truth have, like, a year of rain with it. Never <laughs> just, just no title changes whatsoever. Just <laughs> him just... constantly avoiding everything. That, that would actually be kind of entertaining, too. If anyone can pull it off, it's our truth. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up our WWE talk with Super Showdown a week from today, by the time you hear this. Uh, next Friday, live on the network from Place Undetermined, which they were just now calling Jeddah. They're not saying in Saudi Arabia. They're just like, in Jeddah. Like, you can't Google that. Uh, Jeddah's a car, JC. Oh, right. Let's see what matches have been added since we last discussed this. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. That's a match with two people. Uh, Finn Balor defends the Intercontinental Championship against Andrade. Roman Reigns takes on Shane McMahon. And Kofi Kingston will de- defend the WWE Championship against the returning Dolph Ziggler, who showed back up on SmackDown this past Tuesday. Which was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. That was that they was were a, like, oh it's still the same thing though. Yeah, that's a big it was a big WTF moment. So he beats Kofi down, he comes out and cuts maybe one of the worst acted promos of all time. It could have it should have been me was the main part of it. Should have been my moment in Mania. But Yeah, okay. But that's what you gotta do when you can't take Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. So of course Sami Zayn cannot go. Kevin Owens has said he is not going to go. Uh, and the third person that is not going, uh, that has already been announced, or not announced, is not going, but is common knowledge at this point, is Aleister Black. Uh, the last thing I heard was his tattoos are mm-hmm. a little too risque. Yeah. Especially due, due to the the dark nature of his religion <laughs> is basically the reason why. WWE is choosing to keep him at home. So I guess he can be on Evolution too, whenever that happens. With his wife, he can back up his wife. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, that's WWE this week. So let's move on to the, the biggest event this weekend. Memorial Day weekend, live from Las Vegas. It's a, the first AEW branded show. Double or nothing. From the MGM Grand Garden Arena, Saturday night. Uh, it's one. It's fifty dollars on pay per view. I think we discussed this yeah. last week, uh, so we won't go into that again. But exclusively uh, streaming through Bleacher Report, or you can order it through your cable provider. So cool. Uh, not going to go through the whole card here, but of course the big, big, big things here: Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. It'll be it'll be as good as it was last time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming. Well, I I don't remember how long it was last time. I'm assuming they're going to go a lot shorter than they would if they were in New Japan. Yeah, that would be my assumption. Uh, the winner of that match will face the winner of the Casino Battle Royal, the 21 man Battle Royal they'll be having uh, for the AEW World Championship. Names you Mine. may names you may know from the Battle Royal. Let's see here. Uh Brian Pillman Jr. Uh Joey Janella, Jimmy Havoc, Billy Gunn, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Sean Spears. Those are kind of the biggest names, I would say, that are announced so far. 
I disagree with you. Ooh, what do you? Who are you? Who are Glacier. You? Oh right, I I see it in front of me. I just Blood didn't read run it. Cold. Okay, money. Cryonic kicks to everyone. <laughs> uh so that's happening. Uh, the Young Bucks oh, take on the Lucha. Oh, do what? There's four. There's there's four guys named Tibba. So, oh yeah, you never know. There's a pretty good chance of Tubba winning. Uh, yeah. Someone asked. Someone asked this on the Twitter in our pin mail. Do the song. Do the song, Tom. Pin mail. Pin mail. Pin mail. Uh, from at Harry and Cranky, how big of a pop would John Moxley get for showing up at Double or Nothing? Crap would be lost. People yeah. would. It's a yeah. huge pop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be. I mean, not, not quite. Cena at Rumble in Madison Square Garden. Right. God, that moment. Still, every time I see it in a, like a clip package, it's it's just sheer insanity. Especially with Triple H's look, just staring down there like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Uh, the Young Bucks take on the Lucha Brothers for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. I would imagine they might hand them back here. Yeah. Um, Just an excuse pretty much to get those titles because they're not introducing tag titles here. So yeah. it gets a tag title match there. and Yeah. Right. So that's... Uh, Plus it gave the Bucks another title to... Yeah. Add to their repertoire. Exactly. Then uh, there's other matches on the card, too. But enjoy those. It's going to be a fun show. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Oh. It's gonna there's be. Cody versus Dustin. Oh, crap. Yeah, I skipped right over that. <laughs> That's right. That's going to be... It's... I, I think... Was it Sports Illustrated wrote an article? Or somebody wrote an article? I saw the link. I didn't click on it this week. About, uh, uh, I guess, in talking to them, basically, they're both saying, you know, this is the WrestleMania moment they never got. Right. So, it'll be, it'll be fun. Are we going to... Oh, go ahead. Are we going to see Dustin... Is Dustin going to go color? Is he going to... What? Are we going to see color out of Dustin? So you're gonna bust him open? Oh, huh. Interesting thought. Maybe. Dustin, Dustin's a good bleeder. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's a fifty-fifty, good fifty-fifty shot there. I don't know if that's an AEW thing. If they're gonna actually use blood, or I mean, because it's tough. Because I mean, obviously WWE doesn't use it. Right. Um, Unless you're New Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, New Japan doesn't really use it. Right. Uh, except like rare occasions. But, you know, other smaller promotions will use it all the time. So it's like, well, you got a direction to go in. And I guess AEW show is TV 14. It's not. TBPG. Right. So they've left that door open a little bit. Yeah. So the potential's there. I don't know. Yeah. It it's gonna be a fun show. It, yeah. Part of me is really ready for it to happen and I really want AEW to finally start as a as a real weekly promotion. Because I'm so admittedly, if you've ever listened to this podcast before. I'm a huge mark for WWE. Like, that is my primary wrestling product. I am so sick of seeing all the comments and uh, chatter online about, like, AEW is going to totally toast them. They're already a better promotion. You you can't say that because they haven't booked a storyline yet. (laughs) The one they tried to book, they had to do... (laughs) 
they had to shoot the match two weeks ago in England because they couldn't uh, come to a creative agreement with Dragon Gate for the for that that title. Because if you remember correctly, Pac and Hangman Page were supposed to be on this card. Pac, who is the Dragon Gate champion, uh, they didn't want him getting beaten. Uh, like. We need to pump the brakes on AEW a bit. I have no doubt it's going to be good. I'm not saying that. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm saying it's going to be a terrible promotion, and I hope they fail, because I don't. I want them to succeed, because Vince and WWE are best when they have competition. <laughs> but, right. like, everyone's just so like, oh, this is going to destroy them. You, we can't, like, you can't make that generalization yet, because they haven't done anything yet. All In and this show are just one-offs. Like, this would be if There's we a, went and raised $100,000, did a show in Dorton Arena, hired a bunch of indie workers, and went, here's a show. Wouldn't mean wouldn't mean Cheaters Never Pin is putting WWE out of business. It's the way that everyone's talking, though, and just the way that it's being built up. Yes, theoretically, they're doing all the right things right now because nothing's actually happened. You've had one card, which was lightning in a bottle. And, I mean, the card itself wasn't perfect. It was fine for what it was. I mean, it was good, but people were excited because it was a new product. It was different. It wasn't Ring of Honor. It wasn't TNA. It was this thing where people saw potential in and you're, you're doing it again now. But as you know, over time you need to book things. If you're going to have a weekly television show, you're going to actually have a promotion instead of just dream matches every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to book this correctly and mistakes are going to happen. Even to the best bookers in the world, mistakes happen. Some things don't take off. And that crowd that eats everything up that first couple of weeks or whatever is going to stop doing that eventually. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, there's going to be times where you get painted into a corner and you don't know what to do necessarily. They make the wrong decision and people get frustrated with it because they'll go, well, I thought they were going to do this. Well, I thought they were going to do that. Not everyone has this perfect same picture of what AEW is going to be in six months. Mm-hmm. So as those six months go, there are going to be people that are happy with it. There are going to be people that are pissed off with it. And there's going to be the in-between. And that's what people are going to have to understand. Yeah. And that's fine. Competition is fine. It's going to be definitely an alternative to WWE. And like you said, WWE then becomes better because of competition mm-hmm. and it's going to be such a different product that you know which will hopefully then change the wwe product a right. little bit right yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good we're going you know i want it to do well i don't want to this is good for wrestling in as a whole yeah this is yeah this is good for everyone who laces up a pair of boots because i'll be quite honest with you having watched or attempted to watch WWE in the last month or so, I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I was kind of there. And just, the week they taped in in, Lon- or in England, I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to watch this live. I can just read the results. Need me a little it, break. Yeah, it's it's gotten to the point where it's if it weren't for AEW, I'd start to be like, do I really want to watch wrestling anymore? Like, New Japan is fun to kind of watch in bursts and that type of thing, mm-hmm. but New Japan's difficult to watch on a regular basis for me because yeah. I can't. I have to sit down and I have to pay full attention to it. I can't, you know, I, I want to watch the matches because New Japan doesn't, it's not sports entertainment in the sense. It, it, it's wrestling. You have to, you have to pay full attention to it even with english commentary you have to pay full attention to it to actually appreciate it you can't just leave it on the background wwe you can kind of leave it on in the background as you're doing other things and that's fine so it's difficult for me to fully invest in new japan as much as i enjoy watching it i have to invest time to actually enjoy it so it's wrestling been difficult for me i'll be i'll be flat out honest with you yeah i agree with you 
that goes it goes in cycles like every other you know entertainment product yep much like the show (laughs) no the show is always gold it is we're the only consistent thing in wrestling all right let's let's wrap this thing up with the last two uh pin mails all right uh the first one uh, since I wanted to get through WWE, these are both about WWE. I just wanted to get through it and get to double or nothing before we ran out of time. Okay. Uh, from at Meet Positive Pete, I actually missed Heel Ziggler. What do you think of his return? And do you think that it will be short lived? Does he deserve a big push? Uh, that's such a hard one because I don't, I don't know if he's coming back long term or if they just have him kind of showing up for the Saudi Arabia show. It's. Which, which I'm sure is the is the question here, right? I'd like to I see mean, him back. I like Dolph Ziggler. You yeah. just need to have him have something to do and not sitting in limbo, which and has it, been his problem for so long. It's been this weird thing in the last like twelve to eighteen months. It seems is you you have him. He has a gimmick. You pull him off the air. You leave him out of the picture for a period of time. So you think, oh, either he's leaving. They're like, no, no, he's still under contract. It's like, all right, well, he's being repackaged. And then finally he comes back and he's exactly the same. And then he gets pulled off the air again. You're like, oh, no, he's going to be repackaged now. He's going something, to, something really exciting is going to happen. And then they add a record scratch and then that's it. Right. It's still the same Ziggler. And now... It's still the same Ziggler. I enjoy him. It. I mean, I like you said. I, I, I enjoy watching him work. I think he. He's he's a great worker. He he sells like a madman. But like, I think he has a place in the company. I don't know if. It's the best for him though. Like we, we talk about people that could use a fresh start. Hmm. Like, if you gave him a little bit of uh, freedom of control of his character in a place like AEW or Ring of Honor or any of those places, like, what would we get out of it? I don't know. Is there there another character that he has that he wants to do? I don't know. Yeah. It's such a hard call. I, I don't know. I hate giving that answer, but I don't know. I mean that's that's pretty much been his his gimmick has been either I'm cocky and great and I'm happy about it mm-hmm. or I'm cocky and great and I'm pissed off cuz you don't know it. Yeah. Which is where he's at right now. Yeah. So. That that's been his gimmick for the, like the last that's been Dolph Ziggler forever. Uh, yep. Uh last question from uh, at inlock716 thoughts on what raw is trying to do with the third hour of raw seems like they're really trying to shake things up but personally not sure if it will make much of a difference raw lately just seems to be one giant cluster dot 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 <laughs> uh i love it's darker <laughs> I lo- let's make it dark i love that look the whole show should look like that it keeps the focus and the attention on the ring not on the show right We'll add smoke. It'll be like the seventies. <laughs> it just—I don't—I loved it, and I—I I kept noticing little touches during it. I was basically live, live tweeting that. Like, first you notice it's dark, and then you notice wait, the, the Tron and the ramp are dark too, and then wait, now the you know the apron LEDs are dark, and okay, now the ring post LEDs are dark. Uh, oh, oh, wait, look, they took the graphics off the back of the LED ring posts. I don't know. It just looked—it looked good. Well, I guess that's the thing. There, you're left to wonder: Are we doing something with this, or you know, is yeah. it just a thing? Like how are, how it was just are, so unceremoniously announced by Mick Foley as part of the twenty four seven thing. Like third hour of Raw is going to be Raw, and that was it. That was the only acknowledgement of it. So we're almost taking it like it's gonna. Be like Shotgun Saturday Night. Like, you remember when Shotgun Saturday Night was first announced? Uh-huh. They built it into this whole anything can happen. It's 
it's it's late night but it's live and you know terry funk's gonna call your mother a whore and anything can happen because it's shotgun saturday night Mm -hmm. and that's that's almost like the implication here we're turning the lights down low it's you know 10 o'clock so the kids the kids are already in bed so maybe something a little risque is gonna happen yeah get a little more violence yeah it's like the you know having the first hour be raw the second hour be war zone it's that all over again yeah we're gonna get the credits down the bottom and then yeah i mean it's potential maybe they're angling back to get to do a higher rating in the last hour i don't think they would ever do that in this day and age but who knows maybe usa is like hey do this we'll see i mean i think it's realistically a thing of well it's three hours is difficult to sit through so we need to give an excuse at that third hour because it sure as hell ain't baron corbin yeah we need an excuse to get these people to stay until the third, you know, through the third hour. So, well, yeah, that that third hour is going to be a little different. Yeah, just, how's it going to be different? You're going to have to just tune in. Yeah, if the answer is going to be it just looks different, like why? <laughs> That's the equivalent of taping the ropes purple and changing the canvas for the cruiserweights when they were on Raw. Just why? So we'll see. Anything else this week in wrestling? I guess uh, today, as we record this, is the. Uh, I'm. I told you I was at least going to mention it. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it, it is the twentieth anniversary of the passing of Owen Hart. There are there's a a lot being written about it right now. Uh, I know Post Wrestling did a great audio documentary that I've seen get a bunch of good reviews that I haven't listened to yet. Uh, I know the episode of Grilling JR this week is about Over the Edge. Um, yeah, and, you know, I can't believe it. Uh, 20 years is, is crazy because I remember when it happened. So it's just kind of like, where did the time go? So I am blessed to not have been watching that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was a time that I didn't miss pay-per-views because I was accessing them for free of charge for reasons I won't get into here. <laughs> um, but like, you know, normally I would tape them or whatever, and I don't know if I actually ended up taping it or if I was going to watch the replay. That's what I ended up doing a lot of times was like for that, seven o'clock or eight o'clock hour i was too busy doing other stuff or as you know whatever but because of the hours that i kept as a college student or whatever i'd just be like well i'll watch the 11 o'clock replay and you know i'll catch it then Mm -hmm. and i remember getting on the computer and going to irc which kids irc (laughs) is a chat internet relay chat Yes, uh, which I would I would join with my friends, and we were it was pretty much a wrestling chat group that type of thing. And I remember the channel, like the the title of the channel was like R.I.P. Owen Hart, and I'm like, what the fuck kind of sick joke is this? And they're like, you don't know. And I'm like, no, I don't know. What are you talking about? And having it explained to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and again, I've said it enough times here. Owen was one of my favorites, just both in the ring and outside of the ring, just him being the good person that he is. And then just, I loved watching him wrestle. Like when, when he would first when the original blue blazer came in and being the, the cool wrestling mark that I was, I'm like, you know, the blue blazer, that's actually Owen Hart. That's Bret Hart's brother. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was knowledgeable. <laughs> yes. Mark. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, I would get so excited to see him in the ring. Like, oh man, I can't wait. And it popped so hard when they did the whole angle, him versus Brett. And Owen, I mean, Owen made a mark on my life to the point where, I mean, I have a kid named Owen mm-hmm. just from knowing him. But, you know, just through the television, not through anything else. And, uh, yeah, it's weird to think that he'd be 54 now. Wow. And, like, I mean, I see all these other guys, like, especially watching the uh, uh, the Viceland series and seeing all these wrestlers now. I mean, you see Kevin Von Erich, and he looks like he's 80 years old. And you see, I mean, even hell, you even see Brett, and Brett looks, I mean, Brett's been through some stuff, but mm-hmm. Brett looks old and all these other guys look old. And I can't picture Owen looking old. And that's, that's a thing about death. Mm-hmm. You don't. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that over the edge happened shortly after I kind of started watching wrestling. Oh, uh, welcome to the product. Yeah. Right. Uh, I did. It's not one we ordered. Usually, like we would order like every other month or something like that, because you know money. It's, right. That's not mine. <laughs> uh, and I just I remember that morning, uh, I think my mom woke me up to get ready for school, and she told me, and I was like, "What?" And you know, I I didn't have, you know, I'd just come into the product, so I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge of it. I like that raw is forever kind of etched into my mind too. Oh God. Uh, the Razo and it all, so it was, you know, so I don't have a, a huge backstory to it like you do, but yeah, it's you know, I will always equate that with my early days as a, as a fan of professional wrestling. Unfortunately, but I mean, it just you reminded me of that, and I just think of Jeff Jarrett and Deborah losing it, and Mark Henry's poem, and right. Yeah, it was yep. like I was torn that day because I so wanted to watch it because I so wanted to see all these tributes to like my favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I did not want to watch it because it was proof that it was real. Right. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> on that cheerful note, get out of here for this week. Uh, Tom, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Go on the Twitter machine at Mr. Workrate at MR Workrate. Uh, yeah, just do that. I'm, I'm, I'm down now. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know of a logical way to bring us back up before we close the show. So I was like, let's just, let's just bail. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JC Bobbitt at JCBobbitt. Shows on Twitter at Cheaters NBR Pen. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. Just search for us and find us. Uh, yeah, I'm down too, so I can't even do the whole spiel. <laughs> but yeah, uh, next week we'll be back with what happened at Double or Nothing. It'll be the show before Super Showdown and whatever else happens in the next week, right? Yeah, not much on the horizon. So, except for that third hour of Raw, baby. <laughs> Where would Barry White would turn the lights down? <laughs> oh yeah, right. Two hundred and forty dollars worth of pudding, baby. <laughs> okay, I'm back up again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, had to drop in the state reference, otherwise, you know. <laughs> Love it. All right, well that does it for this week. Uh, so we'll see you next time. So I'm JC. I'm Tom, and we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>